bear down. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a bonus episode of Warp, the completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast where we do unasked for audio commentaries of Star Trek episodes. But tonight, bonus Picard. My name is Sean. My name is Matt. And I'm Min Win. And I'm Jake. Hey! Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake Made came it. blasting in from blasting. the rear there. <laughs> Blew out the speakers. <laughs> it's alright. We'll take that down in post. Hey, Jake. Good to have you. Hey, guys. Always good to have you. I'm working as usual. You're a little strong. Maybe back off the mic uh, an inch or two. Uh, I'm using a something a new for <laughs> a, a lamp bulb. <laughs> You're using a tin can. Oh, now he's gone. He hung up. He pissed him off. <laughs> he got offended. Man. You made oh fun God. of him, and so he just bailed. Yeah. Oh, oh he's back. He well, here we are at uh, what episode nine? Today we are watching episode. episode nine. We're talking about episode nine. Almost done. Almost the done. Penultimate episode of season one. Oh, That's I thought that was the title. That's a great word. Penultimate. I love the. I love the word penultimate. I'm a little tired of it. I've you know what's a good you know what else is a good word, man. If this if penultimate doesn't do it for you, no, not yet. And anti penultimate is <laughs> the third from the last one. Anti penultimate. Anti penultimate. A N T E is the third is because it's the one third. before. Anti yeah. means before. Second from last. So it's yeah. the one before the second to the last. So it's the third to the last. What about the dis anti penultimate word? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go German. Let's it reminds on... me of German. Yeah, where they yeah, just right? add, they just, their way of making words is just to stack other words together and be like, this is a new word. We just took five short German words and made one long German word. Out. Do you think German has the longest word in known existence? Uh, that is an excellent question. I have no I idea. Said, maybe Icelandic or Swedish or uh, some. I mean, some like Finnish, where they yeah. have like eighteen uh, consonants in a row in their words. That'd be that'd be a good corrections corner. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. Dig into that. Okay. Well, the longest the longest word in English. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay. I googled. I googled longest. I googled longest. What's the longest word in the world? Uh, but it gave me an it gave me an English. It's giving okay. me English words instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, we'll, we'll take the English for now. The longest word in English is "numo no numo no ultra microscopic silico volcano coniosis." Whoa. That's like a disease or something, a medical yeah. it, is, it refers to a lung disease contracted from the inhalation of very fine silica particles, specifically uh. from a volcano. Uh. So if you, breathe, <laughs> if you breathe in the shit that volcanoes spew out into the air, you can come down with a bad case of pneumono-ultra-microscopic silico-volcano-coniosis. Can you Dude, imagine I said the doctor? Yeah, that was really that good. That was good. That was really well. Really, you should become a doctor. I think. <laughs> I bet the longest word is like Welsh or something like that. Mm. Like Welsh words have lots of letters in them, sort of seemingly randomly. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do corrections corner for Inside Picard or if I'm <laughs> skip <laughs> over gonna, these episodes, yes. mostly no. because I don't relish the idea of listening to. Two and a half hour long episodes of Inside Picard. 
it was delightful listening mm. to a regular warped mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday because I was like, oh yeah, this is like a normal normal length episode of of this <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Sean, what's the title of this episode? Yeah, what are we doing here? Etched in Arcadia Ego, what? part one. Part one. Oh, that sounds fancy. Hmm. Written by Michael Shabon and somebody else I didn't write down. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the title. Let's talk about the title first. Hmm. You guys should both recognize that, that phrase. Yes. Hmm. They talk uh, about that phrase in the play Arcadia, which yeah. we did years did. ago. They have a conversation about et in Arcadia ego. It's when what does it Septimus, mean? Septimus is tutoring the girl. Thomasina, right. and and she's doing her French to English translations, and he's correcting her translations. For those who don't know the play, what is the play? Arcadia by mm-hmm. Tom Stopper. Okay, cool. you were in it. Yeah, yeah, but for our listeners who don't know, uh, nobody's listening to this. Oh, Matt, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> just let's give people the benefit of the well, Jake's going to have to listen to it eventually. So uh, you know, Tom Stopper might not know Arcadia. Arcadia. It's a play. Yes, and they talk about this particular phrase, uh, mm-hmm. which means even in Arcadia, there am I. It's mm-hmm. Latin, and the the usual interpretation is that the the word the I in that sentence is 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 death, right? That so the 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 sort of paraphrased ver- way of saying it would be that even in paradise there is death, because Arcadia is this sort of like paradisical. Um, concept right okay uh, and uh, so arcadia is like heaven would you say it's sort of a uh, it's sort of paradise utopia there, right? like a utopia. sort of utopia okay. type place like elysium mm. yes exactly and even in those places there is death which is a very appropriate title for this particular episode because it's it takes place in a sort of paradisey place and uh bad Stuff happens. I don't. I did not. This episode was frustrating to me. Well, I, I mean, the problem. I don't know what this, you thought about it, Sean. It's a it's a second to last episode, so it's all set up, right? It's all set up for the last. How can episode. it be all set? Oh, oh, you're about to end it. There can be no more setup. Well, but the the final like the final battle is coming, right? Mm, okay. So all this episode and the final battle is going to happen in the last episode. So all this episode is is sort of it. It's a lot of. Uh, a recap to let you know what's what has come up to this point mm. and just setting up where everybody's going to be at the point that the final battle happened. Yes, you're right. There was a lot of sort of moving the pieces into place for the big yeah, final confrontation. So it was kind of boring. It sounds general. disappointing. It was well, it I was mean, boring and it was also like it was kind of disjointed. Like they were throwing all of this stuff at you yeah. in this episode. There was all kinds of like new, there's a bunch of new characters. There's a bunch of new like concepts. I mean, oh, it was just a lot to, for, and it didn't feel like it all flowed very well together. Well, because it I was, just didn't like really you say, like there was a lot of exposition because they're introducing a lot of shit, but they don't have, they didn't have the time to sort of, let it happen organically so they have to do information dumps and yeah it was it was weird episode it it was written by michael shabon who ordinarily Mm. is a very good writer and Mm. but he it was written by him and ayelet waldman who is michael shabon's wife and if you don't know like a be a great pair if you don't know about 
Michael Chabon's wife. She's a real piece of work. I love Michael Chabon. I love his books. I love his writing. I love his the way his mind works. His wife is a terrible writer. Um, and and okay. somehow he <laughs> somehow he married her. And, mm. and she My guess has, is this was for decades written by her and he sort of punched it up maybe a little I, bit. Maybe. I my tendency is to blame all of the things that I didn't like about this episode <laughs> on her. Because I'm already like so I'm so biased against her. No offense, Michael Shabon, in case you ever hear this, but I don't like your wife. Uh, I don't even know her, but she's she's one of those people who's like, she's sort of like you know how Stephen King's wife is also a novelist, but has never been nearly as successful as he is. It's it's one of those relationships where one of the writers is one of the couple one of the the husband is really super famous for writing and the wife is I'm a writer too but she's not really right and I just don't like her writing and she she's sort of been self promoting herself through her connection to him for like mm. decades now and I just don't I just don't has she done her. other stuff like books or um... yeah she's technically a novelist right like mm -hmm. or short stories or i don't know i've read a couple of things she wrote and thought they were terrible so do you know anyway. michael chabon has done other tv or movie stuff or he's mainly a novelist as well he's written some other stuff i think he wrote uh or or was part of the writing of like the first x-men movie he's a big comic book nerd so uh. i think he i think he wrote a draft of one of the first X-Men movie. I don't know how much of what he wrote actually made it into the movie, but he wrote a script for a Spider-Man, one of the Spider-Man movies. I think he wrote, I think he was one of the writers on Spider-Man two, maybe. Mm -hmm. So he's done some, some yeah, other yeah. Nerd stuff and outside just, of mm -hmm. the Star Trek, outside of Star Trek. So anyway, I just had to get that off. I had to get my Islet Waldman uh, irritation mm -hmm. off of my chest. Now so he wrote. Write. You did write. He did write Spider Man Two. You're right about that. Uh huh. Oh. He wrote uh, John Carter. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it. Do you want to hear the idea that I had? I had a dream last night about a yes, podcast. Please, please. So yes. I had a I had a dream last night mm -hmm. that I, that men and I were doing a podcast together. And the, the premise of the podcast was that in the first 30 minutes of the episode, men, I would have men describe to me what he thought the plot was of a movie he has never seen. <laughs> Just based on the title? Just based on whatever he knows about it from, uh, from the title and what, he, what he's absorbed in culture, right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of movies that men has not seen. Yeah, sure. So my so the in the dream this the the first chunk of the show would be you telling me like for example what's what do you think the plot of Gone with the Wind is mm. <laughs> or some I don't know if you've ever seen Gone with the Wind no, but I've as not. A, for example yeah so then no, that's a great me, example so then you would tell me what you thought the movie was about the mm -hmm. story of Gone with the Wind and then we would we would end the, ep the episode you would go away and watch the movie and then come back, and the second half of the episode would be us talking about the movie now that oh. you've actually seen it. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Sounds good to me. I thought it sounded really funny. Like, yeah, I woke it's... up and I was like, That's a good idea for a podcast. Because I think it would be really funny to have men uh -huh. try and describe movies he has not seen. Like, I uh -huh. just think that that's a funny... 
idea. Concept. And then, you know. Hey, if uh, you can get a uh, e- editor. I mean, I could technically learn how to edit. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. I would. I guess theoretically I could. Yeah. If yeah. somebody would have to teach me. Uh, Jake, what do you edit with? I use uh, Audition, yeah. Uh, do you think that's pretty, was it pretty easy for you to pick up? Um, yes. Hmm. Considering I used it the first session of Warped ever, and I <laughs> never so much as opened the program before, yeah. I think, yeah, we did okay. Well, you've made it to 100 plus now. Congratulations. Yeah. Warped has been a joy to listen to. I've actually had time recently to catch up on some of the episodes where we're watching the movies. They are really, they're a lot of fun to listen to. I just listened. Yeah. I was listening to Encounter at Farpoint today, uh, and I just right before we started recording, I I just listened to the part where Aaron uh, tripped and knocked over all of the equipment. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn, Aaron! And then Jake Jake put a little bit in where he's talking. To, he's like, "This is Jake, and we've had a little malfunction, but we'll be right back." Like he put a little. Disclaimer: A little yeah, tech- the Indian food came in the middle of of the first part, right? Yeah, it was going. It was when she was going to get the Indian food that all hell broke loose. Anyway, at in Arcadia Ego Part One. Yeah, thanks, man. Directed by Akiva Goldsman, which I think is yep. maybe another reason this episode is not good because I think Akiva Goldsman is a hack. But what He's directing He's done the whole Lonely Island, Akiva. No. Oh. That's no, that's the no, it's the one who is a terrible writer and but somehow <laughs> okay. keeps, but somehow keeps getting hired to make he's, movies. To make movies and he's gonna make sure you never get another job in the industry again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt's taking shots at everybody today. Yeah, I know, right? His beverage is refreshed and he is angry. <laughs> he's he hasn't had any social. Like, I couldn't uh, buy any toilet paper yesterday. <laughs> toilet paper. I went to the grocery store. Which which one? Like you do, uh-huh. Ralph's. Ralph's. Okay, and sure. they were out of toilet. Was paper. it crowded or was it? It was crowded. I went at about eleven o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. Friday on a Friday. Um, but yes, it was crowded. It was not unwieldy crowded like it but it was yes there were people there mm-hmm. and they were completely out of toilet paper they were completely out of paper towels they were completely out of lunch meat the whole like <laughs> lunch meat section lunch meat. was it's... completely empty um they Red were completely too, out right? of frozen. they were completely out of like frozen like veggies like the the whole frozen section was like cleared out it was a mess you guys it was a mess I went on the Thursday morning, right when they opened. I was there to get yeah. paper and stuff, so that worked. Yeah, I think that's the trick: is to go first thing Early. right when they open. Yeah, uh, at the at the Asian supermarket, all they were out of was ramen. I was I was so <laughs> disappointed. I'm like, I wanted ramen. Everything else was there, you know, like produce, fruit, uh, uh, no no uh, eggs or dairy, but yeah, that and ramen. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, it was a frustrating trip to the groceries. Uh, dear listeners, if you've got extra TP, Matt could use some. Please send just, us an email. <laughs> yeah. Send us an email with some TP. Attached. Email warptoast at gmail.com and uh, let me know where I can pick up your toilet paper <laughs> in, in the in the San Fernando Valley area. <laughs> On the corner. Really the four block radius. of. Uh... <laughs> no, he'll travel for it. He will. 
you know, he'll take an Uber. I'm willing to go as far as Glendale <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> so, man, yes. how do you think this episode of Picard starts? Uh, searching for toilet paper. <laughs> yes. Yes. In a flashback, of course. No, it doesn't. No. Oh, what? Trick. We, what? He tricked you. Oh. Sean tricked you. It's finally the orgy? <laughs> yes, they finally... <laughs> I was, uh, with an orgy. Uh, Elron and Elron Hubbard and oh, uh, no, Elron Hubbard. Elnor. 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 Sorry. Yeah. It's as the weeks go by, all of those names and those societies, those organizations, they're just going. Well, get ready because <laughs> yeah. you're about to get five more new. I names don't want any more. I don't want any more. A lot more character. A lot more things going bunch, on. Bunch more new people this week. <laughs> Right. So we start out on La Serena. Yep. They're traveling through the transwarp coil. Mm-hmm. If you recall, the last episode ended. They found uh, Soji's homeworld, and she found a way to get there super fast compared mm-hmm. to the Romulans, who were also on their way there. But they were but being Narek's followed long. by a Romulan ship, which we assume mm-hmm. is Narek, although we haven't seen him. So they're in the warp coil, and they're... Coming through, and they're sort of shaking around in their chairs. They bounce out, and they're like, oh, planet. Looks like Earth. And she's like, yep, that's it. And it's called, she calls it Capellius. Yeah, she recognizes it. She's like, that's where I'm from. Uh, what's a planet look like? Look, look, looks like Earth. Oh, cool. Very blue-green. Um, and it's got the two dark, the two red moons off to the side. So- so I Googled Capellius mm. just because I was curious what where that name comes from and what it you know what it's what the origin of that word is because I assumed it was not a made up word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the first link is Capellius is a German band from Berlin that plays <laughs> metal on drums, <laughs> double bass, cello, and clarinet. The band's name is taken from E.T.A. Hoffman's short story, Der Sandman. So then I clicked on The Sandman, which is a short story from 1816, written in German by E.T.A. And then, and I guess there's a character in that book, in that short story, whose name is Capellius. An obnoxious lawyer come to carry out alchemical experiments. Hmm. Um. It's like some kind of creepy little horror or short story. But anyway, that's the name. That's where the word Capellius comes from, apparently. I thought that was a weird pull because I couldn't Either make that, any connection. Or I they couldn't just, find it. any connection between <laughs> that word and this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Star Trek. No, there, yeah, I don't, there was no creepy lawyer. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't make the connection. Anyway, go on, Sean. They start to take on fire. Narek has come through the transwarp coil and he starts shooting at him. And yeah, we get a pretty good fight scene, actually. Jake, you're going to be very excited because they all sit down. And what shoots out of the chairs? A jingle. Seatbelts. Oh, seat belts? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they sit down and, uh, and jingle the plays. Kentucky Fried Chicken jingle plays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, do they have so, Another weird poll. Like, I don't know what... <laughs> I couldn't figure out how that connected either. I was like, Capellius, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Arcadia. Ooh, 
it's, it's yeah, going to come they together. They have seatbelts on this ship. Yep. Um, so they're pretty good. Pretty good fight scene between the two ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, pew 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 pew. That kind. Uh, La Serena manages to to uh, disable Narek's ship. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's gonna you know go down, and then all of a sudden, out of the transwarp coil, the Borg cube comes through. Ah, uh, with seven of nine. They're like, "What the hell? It's working? <laughs> Where did that come from?" That was really cool when the Borg ship yeah, came through. Yeah, pretty cool. The warp, the warp thing. It looked, it looked really cool the way they filmed it. Um, and they're they're like, you know, they they see that they've 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 pretty much damage the ship to where it's going to crash on the planet. And so they let it live. Well, Soji's like, <laughs> Picard's like, beam him aboard. And Soji's like, no, fuck that guy. He was going to, you know, they're, they're trying to kill my people. And he's like, and he says something about, we don't kill war. You, you kill in war, but you don't, if you, if you can take them wounded, you take them. Uh, okay. Says there's a difference between killing when you're in the middle of a battle and just watching somebody who's already been disabled die. Right. So they're cuz the ship is they 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 destroyed his ship or it's about to blow up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like let him die and Picard's like that's not how we do things around here, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But then before they can even deal with that whole problem, Romulan the, ships. No. Here's what I mean about this just being a weird, disjointed episode. Because suddenly, these giant flowers appear in space. Space orchids. They look like orchids. They've been Uh, launched from the planet below. So you see these big, giant space flowers. Uh um, And they sort of wrap themselves around... The ships. So one one kind of swallows Picard's ship, and one gets uh, Narek's ship, and then the other ones kind of like latch themselves on. Yeah, they're not they big enough. They're not big enough to like wrap all the way around the board cube. So they just kind of latch onto it like a like a remore or something like that. Like some kind of like you know plunger sucker. Yeah, they like yeah. latch onto it. And it and it sucks all the energy out of the ship. They lose all power. It oh. shuts down completely. So the lights go out. It's and then and the ship starts falling down towards the planet because this is out. the weirdest metaphor for like a blowjob ever. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah, just go on. Just go on. <laughs> Keep going. I, 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 I'm tempted to stop and explore that further, but isn't it right? Like these flowers wrapping their lips around really, the. I well, but I don't think I have, I don't think I have it in today. I really don't think I have it in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. We'll stay light. So they start to crash towards the planet, and Picard sort of goes into some kind of weird trance. Yeah, this was weird too. Like Which, I didn't get. And that never gets explained. Like, they don't explain why. Because all of a sudden, he goes into some kind of weird trance, and he says, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you all for coming. And then and they're like, mm, what's going on with Jean-Luc over there? And I, I could not... I think what you were supposed to think, based on what happens later in the episode, is that it was some sort of seizure from his, from his illness, Right. Because they spent a lot of time talking about his illness, but in the way that it played out, watching it, 
made it seem like he was getting a message from somebody. Yeah, you know, that's like, the way it looked to me. He was being was mind like controlled. A mind and, meld of some kind with the planet, with the inhabitants on the planet. That's how it read when you were watching it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was completely unexplained. Which, and they don't again, explain. Another one of these, like, this is a weird, disjointed episode because they never bother to explain what the point was of that little moment. Mm-hmm. Except that Picard is sick, which everyone finds out about. Right. Because he's like, oh, and then they're like, Picard wakes up. He's in the sick bay. Right. He's they, right. Gerard there's like a there. jump. There's like a jump cut. And he's and it's well, it's that's later. When he says, Thank you for coming. That's when they go to the credits. That's when the credits happen. So then coming out of the credits, he's in sick bay. Uh, he's and he opens his eyes and Dr. Gerardi's there and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, we landed on the planet. Uh, the thing sucked out of all of our energy, but it like landed the it, it landed the ship safely. safely. Mm-hmm. We still don't have any power, but the ship is otherwise fine. How and and she's like, I at first I thought you banged your head, but you didn't. There was no you didn't bang your head. So I found this old tricorder, and I scanned you, and you've got uh, aromatic syndrome which we already knew because this goes back even to the old show this that he has this brain abnormality that he's had for his whole life but is now starting to cause problems right i remember i don't remember back on about it when the doctor when david pamer was on did they talk about it they did and in fact if you had watched the previously on they they showed that scene scene, to remind you well, actually, uh, I knew that he had a bad heart, uh, but I didn't. What's this uh, syndrome? His heart, heart, his heart is heart. fine because they replaced oh. it. He's got an artificial heart. That's OK. Sorry. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. He's had this brain abnormality thing forever. Okay. And they they talked about it back in the original series. And so he's always known that he had this thing, but he's never had any symptoms. It's always just been this thing that could become a problem. But. Mm. So right. far in his life, had never become a problem, but now in the new sh- in the new show, when he was trying to get permission to leave Earth, and he had to get like a doctor to clear him, there was a scene where his doctor friend came and they talked, and his doctor friend was like, "You know that thing in your brain? It's actually getting worse, so you probably should not be going off into space right now." And Picard was like, "Fuck that! I'm going anyway." Um, clear me. So now Dr. Gerardi now knows because she scanned him and she's he's been trying to keep it a secret, but she now has figured it out because she used her tricorder on him. And then they go to the bridge and he sort of says, everybody give me they're they're like sort of cleaning up the, the debris from the crash landing. And he's like, uh, listen up, everybody. And they all turn and look at him and he's like, I have this thing. It's terminal there's no cure but i don't want anybody to make a big deal about it anybody who anybody who mentions it ever again is going to piss me <laughs> off yeah he says anybody who treats me like a dying old man can fuck off or something like that he, yeah i think he says piss me off well piss me off i don't think he says fuck off but mm-hmm. but anyway so now they all know everybody knows that picard's dying and picard's like so what What's going on while I was out? And they're like, well, the ship landed. We still don't have any power, but we should we could take we can take Soji. There's a there's a settlement like five miles away or whatever. We can take Soji and take her to where she comes from. And so that's what they decide they're going to do. But before they do that, 
they leave they they're leaving the ship to go to the town but they see that where the borg ship crashed off in the distance and they're like well before we go to the town let's go check out the borg ship and see if maybe elnor and hugh survived because at this point they don't know if they don't know that hugh got murdered so they're like let's go check seven's on board and they don't know that seven is there but they're like we they're like we want to see we want to make sure elnor and hugh are okay so let's go see what happened to the borg ship so off they go off they go walking off to the borg ship yep and the borg ship is uh huge compared to these other ships isn't it yes it's a gigantic thing it's the size of of a city you know Mm. it's huge which is why it looked so cool when it came out of the like warp coral thing like it was it was huge on the screen yeah it wasn't like barely fit through the through the wormhole (laughs) yeah look cool we've all been there before yeah it was like trying to push a push a large thing through a small small (laughs) Very I'm trying well. to think of a good example that isn't disgusting. That's perfect. Can't, That's perfect. Like giving birth, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was my mind was going in a different direction, but yes, that's much more palatable. It's like giving birth. Plowable. <laughs> I, I meant to say palatable, but I <laughs> my tongue. It's like, in the way. it's like watching an episode of it's like watching a, a Gallagher concert. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's I a lot know. like watching a Gallagher concert. Yeah. Sure. Ooh. Move on, move on. They get, they get to the, to the cube. Show. Yep. Go ahead, John. And they come on the cube, and who's there? Elnor and Seven of Nine. Nah. Elnor first the runs XBs, up. First, and... the XBs recognize Picard, and one of the XBs is like Locutus, and Picard's oh, all right. whoa. Picard's all like shook because he doesn't like yeah. it when we call him Locutus. Before he can react to that, Elnor comes scampering over like a. Elnor has the personality of sort of a. A like a gold retriever, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like really happy to see Picard and like runs up and him hugs him. Like, yeah, it's really sweet. I thought you said all of the XBs had been uh, jettisoned into space. No, the bo- the 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 Borgs that had not been deborgified. Uh, they, were still, they were still in like hard freeze or whatever. They were still in like suspended animation. Gotcha. Those were the ones that she. Ejected into space shortly after yes. Seven had woken them all up. They all yeah, she was she was trying to wake them up to to turn them into an army. And before the blue she balls could, they, moment for you, yeah. Before she could, they they shot him out into space. So the Elnor is super happy to see him, and then Seven of Nine is there, and she's like, "Are you here to help, or are you here just to make more problems for me?" <laughs> <laughs> So then they're talking, Seven and Picard are talking, and she tells him that Hugh died, and Picard's like, that's very sad. Um, it kind of gets brushed off, frankly. Like, there's yeah. like, like I don't one know. line about it, and then they Other than to on. just get Ellen off the cube, there was really no point to the scene when they went with them going to the cube. Yeah, right? I mean, just to have Seven and Elnor be part of the finale, which I'm assuming they will be part of next week's yeah. right. big finale. But yeah, so Picard's real sad because Hugh died, but he <laughs> brushes it off pretty quickly because he's got other problems that he's dealing with. Uh, and Seven's like, Picard's like, is there a way to turn on the long-range sensors? We need to find out where the Romulans are because they're coming for us. And she's like, I can get the long-range sensors turned on. And they do. 
so we see Rafi and Rios like standing in front of like a hologram sort of display, and they see all of these Romulan ships are heading for them. Two hundred and eighteen warbirds. Rafi but they're not coming heading, through the tran- They're not coming through no. the transwarp coil. They're just no. coming through regular. Which warp. is how our yeah, band got in got in front. The standard warp. Because gotcha. they were the Romulans were already on the way, but but they got it. We got a head start because our guys used the the transwarp thing, so they they're they're in front of the Romulans now. But the Romulans are still coming, and they're like a day away. They're going to be there yeah. in like twenty hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's very bad news because they got well, no now weapons. There's a time clock. We got no weapons. We got no ship. We're in big trouble here. So then it's time to say goodbye to Elnor and Seven of Nine because Picard's got to take Soji on her way. So they have this sweet scene where Elnor says, uh, he's like, Elnor's like, he wants to come with, he wants to come with Picard because he knows now that Picard is dying. And uh, because Dr. Gerardi couldn't keep her big mouth shut and told him (laughs) off camera, but you, you get the impression that that's what happened. And, uh, Elnor's like, Picard's like, no, you need to stay here. You need to help Seven. You need to, you know, you need to take, help take care of the XBs. They need your help more than I do. And so they say goodbye to each other. And Seven's like, good luck saving the galaxy, Picard. And he's like, that's not my job anymore. That's your job now. And then he walks away. Right? Did I miss anything, Sean? I Sounds right. I, a lot <laughs> okay. of this is fuzzy to me. But I think okay. you're right. That sounds right. So they go to Capellia Station. Go to Capellia Station. And what they see there? lots of synthetic beans. Lots and lots and I, of I twins. thought I saw titties for a second, but I think they were just man man pecs. <laughs> man boots. But man, they were they were round for man boots. Like <laughs> they had because they weren't like Drooping man boobs, like they had serious like lift to them, but they were globular, like they weren't like you know globular. <laughs> well, you know, like you were aroused. They had, a, they had a round, they had a spherical. I knew what you meant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I didn't. I I I I, I didn't. I didn't have the t- I didn't have the energy to rewind and go back and see if they were actually titties, but and jerk to it and all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not notice that, but <laughs> I would be surprised if there were nudity just out of nowhere. That, that's <laughs> why I was surprised. Well, and then as it the, the sort of the as everything went on, like there was no more nudity. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All the women have tops on, and there were men who were topless. Uh-huh. So I just assumed it was just a guy that just had particularly round man boobs. You sounded so disappointed when you said the women all had tops on. Well, it is on uh, streaming. Remember, I sure, sure, and and it is it is sort of a classic Star Trek utopian like sort of pleasure. Planet vibe, like everyone's really, everyone's in really good shape. They're all wearing like skimpy. Uh, the women are wearing sort of midriff bearing outfits. Like it's very old school Star Trek, where we just live on this planet. They all have the coloring of data. Oh, pale. Yeah, they have the sort of goldish, goldish, shiny 
uh, skin that and the and the gold eyes that mm. Data had because they don't look like they don't look like Soji. Soji so- just looked like a person, but the, these all look like androids, like classical Star Trek androids. Yeah, and they meet one named. They meet Arcana. one. Get ready for the get ready for the names, men. This is where the names <laughs> so, are about to happen. The first one is Arcana. Arcana. We meet Arcana. Pretty smoking hot. Cool. That's easy. She has she has a twin sister named Saga. <laughs> right. Because remember, they're all they're all twins. They're all twins. Mm-hmm. Are you writing these names down, men? This totally. will, there will be a, there will be a yep. quiz later. Yep. I am doing it just as much as Aaron is right now. Names are important. Yep. Yep. And Arcana. Ar- and Arcana, Saga. Arcana recognizes Soji, and she's like, "Oh, you're back." And then she recognizes Picard, and she is like, oh, you're Admiral Picard. You're Data's captain. And he's like, yeah, I am. And she, is that when she does the weird face thing where she, like, goes over and touches his face? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't understand the point of that either. This whole episode no. is a mess. <laughs> this episode's a There's mess. There's a lot of guys. bizarre shit in this it's episode just, that does not I don't not understand pay off. the point so much of what happens in this episode. Because she goes over to Picard, and she's like, can I touch your face? And Picard's like, I guess we're not under social distancing right now. So I guess you can touch my face. Uh, and she like, like traces his, like the lines in his, on his face. And she's like, these lines indicate age, but also wisdom and dignity. And then she's like, it's fascinating. And it's like, okay, well, and then she, and that's it. That's like the only thing that happens in that moment. And it's like, Yep. What was the point of that? I don't understand the point of it. Uh, so anyway, then she's are- like, so you're back. And so she's like, yes, I'm back. And she's like, did you complete your mission? And so she's like, yes, I completed my mission. Oh, but I but I found because I found out what's going on. But I also accidentally have caused wow. all the Romulans to come <laughs> out. Picard's, how many, Picard's like, how many of those space flowers do you have? And so, and then Rafi's like, please say 218, because that's how many Romulan warbirds are coming. And Arcana is like, we have 10. We had 15. We used five. Now we have five. to get you here. Now we have 10 oh. left. And what they're they like, well, use? that's not going to. Yeah, they burned up on, on entry when they were coming into the atmosphere. You know, they, uh, they came in hot. And so mm-hmm. they, you know, that thing where they, when you come into the atmosphere yeah. and it turns all red and it gets all hot, like. Yeah. Apollo 13 style. Yeah, it was like that. Arcana. Is she the Kylie Kardashian lookalike? I'm I'm looking up photos of uh I'm looking for Arcana Star Trek Picard. And the only one I don't recognize is this uh female with dark hair that looks a little Kardashian to me. Is that Arcana? They mm-hmm. all kind of vaguely look like a Kardashian because they're all sort of artificially tan and and mm-hmm. they all have like long dark hair. Well, the Kardashians are a little synthetic, so it makes sense. Sure. A, t- a timely reference, man, as always. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying now. And yes, you're right. So, so they're warning the uh, synths of the incoming Romulans. Right. And yes. then uh, our old pal Brett Spiner. <gasps> data, so data. He appears. He comes. Not he comes data. To the scene. But he's not playing Data. He's, he's in human mode. So he's got he's got regular skin tone. He's got regular hair. He's got regular eye color. He's not a Romulan. He's not a robot. He's not an android. Hmm. He is Doctor Soong 
Jr. So Dr. <laughs> Soon, man. See, this episode is so fucking dumb. Like, I really, this whole episode was extremely frustrating. Does Dr. Soon die at some point in time in Next Generation? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Then they couldn't. Because if he was still supposed to be, have not specifically been killed, I was like, why didn't they just have him be the doctor? Well, he was <laughs> old. He was a fucking son. million. He was a million years old in the, on the old show. Like, it was right. Brent Spiner in old man makeup. So right. imagine how much older he would be to still be alive in sure. in this time frame. Dr. Soong Min is, mm. do you know who Dr. Soong is? Yeah, he made uh, data, right? He yes, created he's data. data. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this this person that Brent Spiner is playing, Brent Spiner plays all the versions of Dr. Soong. Mm. Like he played Dr. Soong on Next Generation. He played yep. an ancestor of Dr. Soong <laughs> on Star Trek Enterprise. I never realized uh, that. And now, oh, he's playing, and now he's playing Dr. Soong's son. He plays every variation of Dr. Soong and every variation of Data. Like, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he, he's, he's Data, he's Lore, he's uh-huh. B4, Four. he's Dr. Soong, he's Dr. Soong's ancestor, and he's Dr. <laughs> Soong's son. So Brent Spiner has played six different variations of this character, essentially. And they all look exactly like Brent Spiner. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But he does an a- amazing job with everyone, I assume. Yeah, I mean, he's a good actor. Well, yeah. But yeah. He's, his character in this episode is is weird. I did not... This whole episode is weird. I don't know how many times yeah. I can keep saying how <laughs> weird and nonsensical was it cool to see Brent Spiner even though he wasn't playing data was that like a a, a awesome moment it would have been well we already saw him once because we saw him in in the the way back when Mm -hmm. it it would have been cooler to see him as data than to see him as Dr. Soon or like I said if it had been Dr. Soon I think that would have been cool but maybe he didn't want to wear all that old man makeup I don't know Yeah, he it's just still, looks like he just looks like modern day Brent Spiner. Yeah, like, he looks like how Brent Spiner looks if you see him in person right now. Yeah, yeah. And so he introduces himself. He says, "I'm Doctor Soong's son. I'm a I'm a crazy mad scientist, just like my dad was, and I've I've created all of these androids that you see here around you." And Picard's like, "Okay, well, we've got some news for you." Because mm. bad people are on their way to yeah. destroy all of this. And, and then, then we meet Sutra, Sutra. right? Yes. Another android, Min. Mm-hmm. So oh, Google, she's... Google Sutra, mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard, S-U-T-R-A, Sutra. Oh. And what you will see is that she is played by the same actress who's playing Soji, right? Oh, so yeah. Soji is normal-skinned. Yeah, but, but she's got Sutra data. Sutra has data skin. Yes, right. Mm. And she's the same like brand of Android as she's built off of the same template as when, Soji and Ajwar. Rio Caesar, he calls her Jana. Right. If you remember, Rio Caesar goes, "Oh my God, that's mm-hmm. Jana." Do you remember who Jana is, man? Yep, yep, yep. He had oh. met she her. Just he had like met Soji. her on his old ship. When oh. his captain, when his captain killed her, that's right, and killed himself, okay. and killed remember himself. Remember all that? Yeah, part of Rios's tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this show has a tragic backstory. Every single character. That was that was Sutra's twin. That was Sutra's mm-hmm. twin who had been sent on that mission. 
I and see. so she's she's stayed behind, but sh- but that's who that is. Min, if you're looking at Google and you just mm-hmm. Google Star Trek Picard, if you click on the images tab, mm-hmm. if you if in the third row, at least on my screen, is a picture of the space flowers uh, trying to absorb the cube. The cube. Do you see it? Uh huh. Oh, I see. Okay. Those you see are... the space flowers? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So now you got oh. an image in your mind of what that looked okay. like. It yeah. was weird. <laughs> so anyway, Sutra shows up and she's like, I was Jana's I'm Jana's remaining twin and she's she's wearing one of those midriff bearing outfits and and she's like She's sort of the leader of the androids, it seems like. And she starts asking them about the admonition, which is that vision that the Romulans have of the Everything end of blowing up. Right? Yes. And Sutra's like, I don't think that mi- I don't think that message was actually meant for the Romulans. And that's why it drives them all insane when they see it. I think that image is actually a message meant for synthetics. And Dr. Soong is like, that's fascinating, but how can you prove it? And she's like, I can, she's like, Dr. Gerardi, you, you witnessed the admonition, right? Because Commodore O mind melded with you and put it in your brain. She's like, yeah. And Sutra's like, well, I can suck it out of your brain because I studied and learned and taught myself how to do the Vulcan mind meld. Right. (laughs) So you don't have to be Vulcan to do it. Which again... Bizarre. A bizarre mm-hmm, yeah. storytelling choice. I've never heard of anybody not Vulcan being mm-hmm, able to right. Vulcan mind melds. So I don't know if this is I don't know if there is any historical precedent for this or at all. That maybe there is that I just don't know about. But I've never seen anybody not Vulcan do a Vulcan mind meld before. So it was weird. Alright, this <laughs> sounds like this sounds like fucking Star Trek sacrilege right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would have to do a deep dive, I think, and do some yeah. Googling to figure out if, if they've ever shown a non-Vulcan doing the Blast mind before. Blast a Trek, Trek Twitter for that. I mean, the Trek nerds might hear this and mm-hmm. know exactly the episode where that did happen, but I can't think of one. Twitter uh, at us. Yeah, tweet us. Yeah, send us a Twitter. <laughs> um, so she mind melts with Dr. Gerardi and, like, and that's when we get to see like the full unedited oh. version of the admonition where we've only little seen sort of little glimpses and pieces of it before. Yeah. Now we get to see sort of the whole vision. And long story short, because it's boring, the admonition, <laughs> the admonition is a message from a, from a race of synthetic beings that live on like the other side of the galaxy or someplace. And it's a message to the synthetic life here in our galaxy saying to them, we exist and we will help you in your fight because your fight inevitably is going to come down to a war between organic life and synthetic life. And the synthetics will win the war and we will we're going to help you to win your war against the organic people. Oh, my God. So it's that's not comforting. 
No, it's weird. No. It's the whole thing's weird and stupid. <laughs> but that's the message. That's we find out finally, and that's what the that's what the admonition was about all along. Mm. So the reason the Romulans were going crazy all every time they tried to see it was because it wasn't really intended for them in the first place and it was driving them insane. Whatever. What evs. But it's also a bad message as an organic, like, oh, we're gonna be wiped out. Right. Because remember, and remember that the, the Romulans had this myth about the destroyer. The they destroyer. always they kept calling Soji the destroyer. Mm-hmm. Because they because the because the image is of synthetics destroying all of organic life if this so the, war comes to pass. So the Romulans are right in a way, right? Yeah, kinda. Hmm. I mean they're if right. You're a, if you're an organic life form, yeah. We are organic life forms. Hmm. But you know Picard. Picard is a yeah. Picard is a, a diplomat, diplomat and a man of peace. So he's gonna try and like he's not gonna he's not gonna accept the fact that Oh, a war is inevitable. You know, he's going to be, we can sit down and talk and figure out some sort of compromise and a way for us yeah. all to live in peace and harmony. You know, that's Picard's whole that's deal. That's true. Yeah. So Dr. Soong is in his lab doing his weird mad scientist stuff. And Dr. Girardi goes in to see him. And he's like, he's all pissy with her because she killed Bruce Maddox. He's like, you extinguished one of the great minds of the universe, and you owe a debt to society for the, what you did. And she's like, yeah, I know. I, w- I feel bad, too, about the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she does. She feels really bad. Yeah. They yep. ask her about it earlier, right before the mind meld. She has a little monologue where she talks about it. We skipped over that part because it was boring. And anyway, Pointless. Dr. Soong... Dr. Soong's like, look at this thing I'm working on. And he shows her this like transparent, it's a body, but it's like transparent. You can see all the like inner workings and shit. She, she, calls, she's it like, she calls it a golem. She's like, you made a golem? And he's like, yeah, I did. And she's like, did you figure out how to like put a brain inside it? And he's like, no, I'm not really, I'm more of a body guy. Dr. Maddox was the one who knew who knew how the mind part of it all worked. And she's like, well, maybe he's like, you owe a debt. So maybe you could help me figure out how to do the mind transfer. So I think what you're supposed to get is that, again, this was all a little confusing. But I think what you're supposed to get is that Dr. Soong wants to put his mind, because Dr. Soong is now an old man. He wants to put wants his to put- own brain into a synthetic, a synthetic. body. Right. And he wants Dr. Girardi to help him. That's, I think, what you were supposed to gather from that little conversation. Then we get a scene with Sutra and Soji. They're talking outside. And Sutra is trying to convince Soji to come and to join the side of the synths in this upcoming War. war. And Soji's, she's still reluctant to except the fact that the war is inevitable, you know. Yeah. She's still on Picard's 
peace side of the equation right now. And so she says to Sutra, I don't believe that this is uh, inevitable. And I think that, you know, maybe we can solve this some other way. And Sutra's like, what are you talking about? We just found out that there are 218 Romulan warbirds on their way here to blow this whole planet to hell. And she's like, I don't think there is another solution. It sounds like it sounds like in a lot of ways she still feels like a human herself. Yeah, she does. She absolutely, I think, does. She knows better, but, I mean, she feels like she's lived an entire life as a human. Sure. And I think that by this time, she's spent enough time with Picard that she kind of, she's kind of gotten over her reluctance to trust him that she was dealing with a couple of episodes ago. Like, they... She feels a little closer to him now than she did earlier in the series. So it makes sense that she would be, you know, not wanting to immediately jump over to the android side of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, before they can get too deep into that conversation, though, here comes Narek. The, ro- yeah. the, ro- the androids captured him when his ship crashed and they come dragging him in. In oh. fact, Sutra says, look what the cat dragged in. And and it's Eric, and he's all banged up from the from his ship crashing. But they've captured him, and Soji's like, "Oh shit, there's that motherfucker again." <laughs> then we get Rios and talking to Cap, talking to Gerardi. Gerardi is holding a cat, and yep. Rios comes in, and and we learn that the cat is Spot Two. Spot was Data's cat's name on the old, on TNG. Yep. Um, and this cat looks just like the old spot used to. And it, it's a clone. They made it. Dr. Soong made it. Uh, it is an artificial cat that they named Spot 2. With a real lack of imagination. They just yeah, named right? it a cat Spot 2. <laughs> Ridiculous. This whole episode. I mean, it was a little Easter egg for fans. Like, oh, look, there's an orange sure, cat. And it's sure. Spot 2. Like, but still, it was, like, dumb. Like, who names a cat Spot too? <laughs> That's yeah. like something a child would do. Like if your cat got run over when you were a kid and you got another cat, right, right. you would just want to name it the same name as the cat that got run over. Well, that, that's, your parents. Uh, that's classic Simpsons joke that they're oh, black yeah, cat that's a, called Snowball too. That's right. Because the original cat was white and was named Snowball. They got a black cat. They called it Snowball too. That's right. Um... So what's going on plot-wise, I'm just going to skip ahead because this is really... What's going <laughs> yeah. on plot-wise is that Rafi and Rios are leaving to go back to the ship and get it up and running for the upcoming battle that they know is coming. Before they leave, Arcana gives Rafi this like device, and we don't really know what it is yet. But Arcana says to Rafi, this will help you fix your ship. And Rafi says... I don't know what this is, and I don't know how it works. It's some weird piece of alien technology. And Arcana's like, you just have to use your imagination. And Rafi's like, okay, well, that's vague and elliptical, (laughs) but okay. (laughs) Again, terrible writing. Terrible, terrible writing. Like, it's so clearly a a, a deus ex machina for next week, and it's just... Mm, Right. It's just... And it's, it's just bad writing that Rafi would not say, please don't be so weird and tell me yeah. what this actually does. But instead she just thing. lets it go. Like, 
Before no I human just go being connected to my ship. Right. No real person would just be like, "Oh, okay, I'll use my imagination then." Like that's <laughs> so stupid. This bit, this episode really ticked me off. I'm getting madder the more I'm talking. The more about you talk it. about it. Yeah, the more yeah. I talk about it, the more I'm reminded how much I did not like it. Well, it's like I took notes, and this episode was so fucking forgettable to me. That, like, I have notes that are supposed to trigger, like, what happened in the scene, and that just nothing. There's, like, nothing <laughs> coming into my head as to what happened during that scene. It was just in one ear and out the other this week. As huh? you're describing it, I'm now remembering, oh, yeah, that's right, that happened. But, like, looking at my notes is not triggering a thing in my head right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so some of the synths are are helping, and others are not. Some, some of the synths are are. are on the side of the revolt and the the war, right? Well, it's it's yes, yes. I guess that would be fair to say. It's unclear how it's. Yeah, all I don't think anyone's motivations are real clear. Nobody's yeah. Nobody has really made up their minds yet, one way or the other. That's what all these conversations are sort of about. Is what should we do? Also, Sean, don't you think that the golem is another Deus Ex Machina, and they're going to put. Picard's, they think, Brent Spiner thinks that he's going to put his brain in there, but instead Picard's going to end up having, putting his brain in there, and somehow it'll be Star Trek 3, where the Gollum ages to look exactly like current day Picard, like Jean-Luc But he won't won't have the weird brain thing that's killing him anymore. Don't you think that's exactly Uh, That's definitely positive. I hadn't thought of it, but. You don't introduce a. A, an empty body that a brain can yeah, be put yeah. into as a concept if you're not planning on putting somebody's brain into that body. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> like, sure. And they've spent so much time, especially this episode, talking about how sick Picard is that it just made sense to me. Like, as soon as I saw that thing, I was like, mm-mm-mm. Picard's brain is going to go in there and that's going to cure his, that's going to cure his that's illness. That's how season two goes on as Picard as a synthetic being. Picard as a synth. But but looking still exactly like Patrick Stewart because there's Stewart. no way they're gonna put gold paint all over eighty year old Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that would, would be awesome. time for that. Like how cool that would be to poor Patrick Stewart. He's like, I don't need this shit. Like I didn't sign up. You gotta for put this. it all over his head. <laughs> like he's you know. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, what was what was the response in the Trek Twitterverse then? Was there general? You know, it seemed like most people gave. It seemed like most people gave it a pass, mm-hmm. assuming that next week will be amazing. It's going to wrap yeah. up all of the stuff that they've sort yeah, of introduced. That's, that's how, you know, like modern television, the second to last episodes almost always suck in a season because they just have to set up so much for the final scene, you know, the final episode. So they haven't already but set everything shows, up. In some shows, the second to last episode is the, is the best episode of them all. Like Breaking Bad, the second to last episode is is amazing of the series though right yeah. not just the season no yeah you're right you're right you're right yeah like, i was thinking I about with you, i was like, thinking about the series finale you're gotham right. the second to last episode of the series is the best episode is way better final episode but is that the uh penultimate episode it would be. <laughs> yes it would well nice nice Jake. callback Correct. Jake. This is why I'm glad you're on these calls for for moments just like that. 
So anyway, Rafi gets this thingamabob that's going to be important later. And then she and, she and Picard say goodbye to each other because she's going back to the ship with Rios to get things up and running. Picard's staying behind to keep talking to the, to the androids. And Rafi, has, Rafi can't resist, even though he told her not to make a big deal about the fact that he was dying. She does anyway, and she hugs him, and she says, I love you. And then she's like, you don't have to say it back to me if you don't want to. But he does. He says, I love you back to Rafi. And it's a sweet little, yeah. it's a sweet little moment between the two. It was a sweet moment. It was sweet to see how they've sort of healed over the course right. of the season. Absolutely. They've healed that rift that they had between them uh, from the past. So that was nice. Yep. And then she and Rios leave. They're off to go fix the ship. Uh, then we see Narek. Narek has been put in a, in sort of the brig. He's behind a force field wall, and he's being guarded um, by one of the androids. Saga, I think it is. I think it's Arcana's yes. Saga. Yep. And can he, I just say really quick that yes, that Arcana Saga sounds like a Japanese role playing game. It does. I thought so too. I was like, Arcana and Saga sound like video games. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Arcana like Saga. <laughs> Have you guys played Arcana Saga 3? It's the best one. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the odd number ones are good. <laughs> like the opposite of Star Trek movies. Yeah. Final Fantasy 9, the Arcana Saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's in jail, and he's, like, trying to fuck around and manipulate the girl who's guarding him. Yeah. He's Those like, I'm, thirsty. she's like, I'm really thirsty. Can you bring me some water? And she's like, uh, she doesn't know what to do because they've never had prisoners on this utopia planet before. So she's like pretty yeah. easily manipulated. And she's like, she's about to lower the force field to give him some water when Soji comes running in and she's like, stop, stop, stop. Don't trust him. Don't listen to him. Don't, don't do anything he says. Every single word out of him is a lie. And then Soji and him have this scene where he's like, I really loved you. And she's like, stuff it up your ass. And then he like, he finally drops the facade and he's like, he's like, we are coming die. We're and we are going to kill every dropping hellfire on this whole planet. Yeah. Everything like, on it is going to die. Kill every single thing on this planet, including you. And she's like, mm, fuck you. And then she stomps off. Mm. She doesn't say fuck you, but that's the impression. Not happy. Hmm. Nah. He he was trying to like trick her the way, he, yeah. but it didn't work. Because Soji was like, "I figured your shit out." Narek's a diehard here. He's a ride or die. I can't wait for him to die. I'm assuming he's going <laughs> to die. Well, next, and I'm I really hope so. you're like, die, please. I was really remember I talked about him. like they would they were going to have him redeemed in some way, you know. And I started like fearing it. that. When when they were having the conversation initially in this scene, I was like, "Oh no, don't don't redeem." And then when I was like, "Oh, thank God, they're not going to redeem him. They're going to kill the motherfucker." Thank yeah, they God. kept him bad, uh, which was I liked that. I don't want I don't want Narek to turn out to be good at the end of this. Like he's done too many terrible things to be redeemed. I think Doctor Gerardi also has to die, even though she's. Because she killed, mur she murdered Bruce Maddox. Like she mm -hmm. flat out killed him, and I think she has to die. Storytelling wise, for that to make sense, she has to die. But we'll see. Um, 
so Soji stomps away and she goes and finds Picard and Picard is sitting in Bruce Maddox's old office and he's trying to call Starfleet to tell them what's going on. And he can't get through because their signals are being blocked. Presumably the Romulans are blocking their signals. So he, he's trying well, to call Starfleet far away, so and ask for be... help. Yeah. OK, yeah. sure. And he can't get through. He and Soji have this conversation because she's just come from Narek and she's all upset. And she's talking about how she couldn't understand when Gerardi killed Dr. Maddox, why she would do something like that. But now she does understand it because she's just had this conversation with Narek. And now she kind of wants to kill Narek. And you can feel this is her like, I'm going over to the dark side of the force. Right. She's switching over to the. She's you can. And Picard kind of senses it because he's like, you're talking like you're about to do something really terrible <laughs> and what is going on soji and she's like don't you think it's don't you think it's you know important to to fight for what you believe in or whatever and picard's like i think it depends i think if you're talking about the victims and and abusers it depends on who's holding the knife like they have this weird conversation about yeah. like what the right thing to do is but you can tell from the way she's acting and the way he's reacting. Is it okay to, to take a life, to save a life? Yeah. What what what's when the logic okay? of sacrifice? When is it okay to kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, you're just what, like what? Nah, things are not going well for poor Jean-Luc. <laughs> once Jean -Luc again, is... once again, by the time we get to the end of this episode, it will be time for the jingle again because yes. yes. Things take a dark turn for poor JL in this scene, oh. in this episode. As we get to the end of this episode, so then we go back to Narek. He's still in the cell, and Sutra comes in, and she uh, she tells Narek, "I will. I'm gonna help you." She's like, "I." She's like, "I need you. I need you to get what I want. You're. I'm gonna let you go." So she lets him go, and they kill um, Sada. They stab her in the eye with a with a bird. Uh, brooch that she was wearing on her, like yeah, on her like a bird brooch. Yeah, like a, a like a blue. Like, it was like a blue glass pin on her chest, and they stabbed oh. her in the eye with it. And she lets Narek go, and so we see Narek running away and heading for the cube, heading for the Borg cube. Right. Yes, it's like a false flag operation. Sutra's Sutra has decided she wants this war to happen, right? Mm, so she's right. like, she let him go in order to convince the others to join the mm -hmm. fight because then we Using have this the death of saga to as a motivator like as, they've killed yeah. another one of her because now we have this big scene where she's giving this big speech in front of all of the other uh, androids and picard's there and dr Sung is there and my note here says everyone betrays Picard. So, Jake, I would like you to revise the jingle so that instead of everybody hates Jean-Luc Picard, it should say everyone betrays Jean-Luc Picard. Everybody betrays Jean-Luc. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same number. No, no, no. Change everybody. Change everybody to everyone, and then it works. Everyone betrays Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, so anyway, Sutra gives this big speech where she's like, they killed our sister, even though she secretly was responsible for that. She's like, they killed our sister. They're coming for us. 
this whole idea of trying to come to some point of peaceful resolution is bullshit. It's war. We need to get ready for war. And Picard gets up and gives a classic Picard speech where he's like, right. it doesn't have yeah. to be this way. We have enough that room. Was on the, we have enough room. The on last note I wrote on my book, Jean-Luc speech. <laughs> yeah, I wrote. My note says Picard's speech doesn't work. <laughs> he gives a big gives a big speech where he's like, "We there's enough room on our on the La Serena for all of the people in this colony. We can all just get on the ship and we'll take care of you. And I will we'll go back a, to we'll Starfleet. Find a place to... I will go back to Starfleet and I will become an advocate for you. And I will convince Starfleet to drop the ban." And then Dr. Soong is like, no, you won't. You sort of tried like flashbacks. That. You tried mm-hmm. that back when the Mars thing happened and it didn't mm-hmm. work then. Why do you think it would work now? Like, and so they all turn on him, including Dr. Girardi, who decides right. they because Dr. Soong is like, we're gonna have to put you in prison, John Luke. We're gonna put you yeah, under arrest. Put him in house arrest and her. And he's like, and he's like, what do you mean you're putting me in a house arrest? And he's like, well, I can't have you going around talking to the androids and trying to change your their minds because we've all decided that this is what we're going to do. So we're locking you up, Jean Luc. And he's like, this is outrageous, but it's happening. And then Soji also turns on him. Soji, because he's like, Soji, you're on my side, right? And Soji's like, nope, I'm not on your side anymore, Jean-Luc. Sorry. I'm staying, I'm I'm taking the side of my android brothers and sisters. And then Dr. Girardi is like, hey, I know I'm a human, but I really want to be on your side and finish the work that Bruce Maddox... Everything here is what I've always dreamed of, and I this is beautiful to me, and yada, yada, yada. Every single character turns on Jean-Luc, and he's all by himself. Because Rios and Rafi are gone to the ship, so he doesn't even have them to like help him. And Elnor so and Seven are still on the cube. Elnor and Seven are on the cube, so he's all by himself. Everybody betrays Jean. Everyone betrays Jean Luc Picard. His speech doesn't work. They haul him off, and then the last little thing that happens is we get a quick shot of Commodore O. She's now in full Romulan regalia. She's on the bridge of the head of you know warbird or whatever the main warbird maybe. the main warbird and she's like how far away are we and they're like we're we'll be there in 22 hours or however much it is and then we see a wide shot of all of the romulan warbirds yeah. 218 romulan warbirds all heading for the planet to blow it to hell and that's the end of the episode dun 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 cliffhanger oh uh... It's a big dumb mess, and I hated it on 90% of it. That's the problem with episodes like this. It's like it's so much setup, and there's no payoff at all because all the payoff is supposed to come in the next episode. But it also feels a little contrived, and, and like uh, some, of yeah. the, some of the choices have been forced, and some of the, yeah, just. It hmm. was incredibly contrived and had all kinds of like. Just bad, dumb, like cheap story. <laughs> Just like storytelling yeah, tricks. Lazy, yeah, like lazy, lazy storytelling. Story yes, mm. lazy storytelling. Lazy character development. It's never clear at all why any of it is really happening the way that it's happening. It's just it was just bad. They're all real murky. They they've got to so do this. They've got to have a full writers' room, though, right? No, they had a full writers' room. They had like mm-hmm. eight or ten guys working on this. No, show. but that's that's a, that's an interesting point you brought up, Matt. Like, if it is the guy and his wife, like 
brought in to like do the main push on the story, then I could totally see it changing the dynamic in the room about what mm-hmm. people feel comfortable about suggesting. Yeah. Well, he was Michael Shabon has has been on the show all season and was the showrunner for this first yeah. season. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is his I mean, this I they developed it with other people, obviously, but he's been sort of the driving force of this particular story. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe maybe next week all of this will pay off and it will feel right. uh, it will feel Worthwhile. more more cohesive and more I have high hopes. Most of the series is most of this season has been very well done. So I'm hopeful that the last se- last episode is well done. Yes, I guess that's fair. This season has been largely very, very good. So maybe they will pull it off. I guess it would be I guess it will be interesting once once the season is over because this is a two part episode to watch these two episodes back to back and see if they if it makes a little more if there is all the sense. MacGuffins they present in the first yeah. one get paid off. I mean, we I still will. can't I still can't forgive Rafi just being handed a magical device <laughs> that is going to fix the ship somehow. Like that's mm. just garbage storytelling. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. And and the the Borg cube is still out of commission. Yes, the Borg cube. Yes, and and what we yeah. saw in the previews for next week is that uh, Narek has made his way to the Borg cube because oh. we got a we get a we got a little snippet of a scene where you see that Narek is talking to Seven and Elnor about everything that's been happening. So, so presumably the Borg cube will come back into play. Presumably, all, all of this stuff. Hopefully Elnor dies. Hopefully, hopefully not Elnor, Elnor dies. Uh, no, not Elnor. Nerek. Sorry. Hopefully no. Nerek. Nerek. <laughs> no, dear sweet Elnor. Kill Elnor. No, if they kill Elnor, I'm done with don't this. Kill, I can't. I'm never, I'm never watching this shit again if they kill Elnor. I was. I, had, I was. I was getting pretty close. This. I don't, I don't, nobody else here watches Walking Dead. I don't think. Is that no. correct? No. But I've said. I've said. Uh, for a long time that if they ever killed Daryl, I'm out. And I thought he was going to die in this last episode I watched, but nope, he, he survived it. <laughs> I can still keep watching. Keep watching. So that's it. That's Et in Arcadia yeah. Ego, part uh, one. Wow. It only yeah. took us... Uh, we've only been recording for an hour and 45 minutes. That's not bad. That's and not by the way, man, this was a we've short episode. This was a short episode, man. It was <laughs> it was only like forty eight or forty nine minutes. Like this this episode yeah. of Guard. So it was, and it still took us an hour and forty five to get <laughs> to cover everything. Yeah, wow. Well, I'm kind of appreciative that you had an episode to kind of exercise a critical, more critical mm. muscle. Not, you, know, you haven't been critical before, but if we were just gushing all the time or just yeah. critical about the yeah. show, you know that. Becomes tedious, but you know we want to like praise the show when it's exceptional and like say, "Hey, you should have done a better job." Mm-hmm. These other times, that's that's, that's, uh, that's the most I, interesting. I think thing. we've been pretty. I think we've been pretty fair across the board. I think so too. We've, yeah, we've attacked it when it when it deserved it. Yeah, we like when she when she was walking being... around when she was walking around in a circle trying to remember yeah, her childhood episode, trauma. That episode was garbage. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Now well, I, I had, know we that... don't attack it for dumb reasons like a lot of people attack it for its you know 
SJW. We're not attacking it for some weird political reason. And we're not attacking. There's a difference between attacking and constructive criticism. And I think that we are... I think that we are talking very honestly about the things that we like and the yep. things that we don't. So I'm sure they have some. What a recap show epic, should be. Yeah, I'm sure they have some epic moments lined up for the final episode. But if you can think back, what was your like number one favorite moment from the entire season so Good far? Good question. Okay. Well, you're so. right because they have. We saw in the tree. We saw in the previews for next week. There is a big fucking space battle coming You're next coming. week. Yeah. So is it a longer gonna, episode next week or just? Same I don't time? know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, but we're definitely going to get some big action moments uh, mm-hmm. next yeah. week. Sean, you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Oh, uh, I mean, I probably the 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 you know the Troy Riker stuff. I mean that. Yes, I would agree with you. That was the that was certainly the most sort of emotionally satisfying episode. Yeah. Right. I think my favorite was the one where they went down to the planet and had to wear ridiculous outfits and, uh, and do funny <laughs> accents. Like, Oh, Bejazel. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with Bejazel. Yeah, the episode with mm-hmm. Bejazel. Like, that episode was a lot of fun. I mean, mm, it had right. some dark stuff in it because that's also the episode where you see Echeb get killed and, you know. Right. There's some darker moments in that episode, but there's also a lot of, there's just a lot uh, of fun. Goofy. In, in well, the and the part where Seven beams back down and just, Blast the shit out of her. Yeah, really satisfying. <laughs> yeah, chase was pretty. So I think that I think that might be the best. If you take out the sort of nostalgia factor of seeing Riker and Troy again, and right. how how enjoyable that was, if you take that out of the equation, I think that I think that episode that episode was called Stardust City Rag. I think that I think that <laughs> right. might be the best episode overall of the ones that we've seen so far. We'll see what next week brings. But yeah. Well, I had a question. I had asked Matt last week, but you guys had uh, ran off because you had things to do. Uh, if you could be a character on this uh, Star Trek Picard, who would you want to be? Oh, yeah. You said you wanted to be the dog. You well, said... uh, aside from uh, Girardi, I, you I said you Girardi made the first. two worst choices I've ever heard. This is one. I, this is why I want to do this. Tell me the story of movies you haven't seen podcast, because I love the way your brain works. And you 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 come at things in a direction that I can never predict and that I always find really funny and entertaining. So that's why I think it would be funny to do that, to do a podcast like that with you, because I can't wait to hear what your brain comes up with when I ask you to tell me the plot of, you know, Casablanca or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting because I yeah. know a little bit, but Min's choices of who he would want to be were Dr. Gerardi, who murdered her lover and is having <laughs> horrible like PTSD as a result of all of the trauma she's been through. Really or, interesting life. Or dog. <laughs> no, you wanted to be number one, which actually yeah. that one I can support because that dog seems like he has a pretty cool life. I mean, yeah. he's running around on a French vineyard like Life's not mm-hmm. so bad for number not one. So Dr. Gerardi is a genuinely bizarre show. I thought, well, for me at the time, Gerardi, you know, she hadn't gone out to into space. This was her new, an, a new opportunity, a new frontier. She was getting a and lot she of hated every second of it. Every time, 
all she's done since they left Earth is uh, complain about how much this has not been a positive one throughout this series. Yeah, but it's been wild, right? It's been like ups and downs, and we didn't describe it, Min. But in the the very first moment of this episode that we just mm. recapped. The very first thing you see in this episode is Dr. Girardi because they're flying through the trans warp thing and Uh it's making the whole ship shake really bad. Uh, Yeah, I would hate that. And and all you see is Dr. Girardi hiding under a desk. That's me. That's me. Yes. Make it stop. Make it stop. Yes. Yes. But it'd be cool to experience it. You're saying that you identify with her. That's not the same thing as who you would want to be. The who you would want to be is Elnor, because Elnor is hot and a badass and can slice people's head off. I sort of feel like like Elnor, right? Yeah. I would want to be Rios. Oh, Rios right. is cool. Rios is a cool cat. But he's trouble. He's you know, Elnor is a little too uh, aw shucks for my life. Rios is dark. Though. I mean, obviously, Rios Eldor is a badass who cut people's heads off, uh-huh. but he's also like well, Rios, Rios has badass. Yeah, yeah, Rios is badass. Mm-hmm. He outflies Narek, and he outflies Narek, even though he gets surprised at the beginning mm-hmm. of this episode. Now I want to go online and find uh, Rios Elnor slash Vic, which I <laughs> I guarantee you it's out there. No. Not yet. That'd be that'd be a good thing to bring to the finale of this season of Inside Picard. <laughs> For sure. Although the way you describe it, I, I might want to be one of those sexy androids. You want to be a sexy you want to be a sexy android? Are they sexy androids? They don't look sexy android. Like they're not dolled up per se. They they they're just, no, they're not sexual. They look like they're at a, they look like they're at a Greek Ren fair. Fancy. Yeah, they're they're sexy in the sense that they are young and in good shape and are wearing skimpy clothes, but they're not explicitly sexual. Yeah, gotcha. It's not like that episode of Next Gen that we're we're gonna watch pretty soon, oh, a few weeks, where uh, they go down to the sex planet. Oh. <laughs> Everyone's giving yeah, each other basically massage. all wearing oh. sheets. Wow. They're basically wearing sheets that are tied around their body in interesting ways. Are we going to do something special for that episode? Next Generation is weirdly horny, now that I think about it. Like, there's a lot of episodes about people getting horned up. I don't know what's so weird yep. about that, but uh, okay, sure, if you want to say it's weirdly horny. What about Laris and Jabon on the, on the living in the vineyard in France? They would be yeah. good characters to be. Yeah. But you'd, you'd have to have another person be, you know, like you'd want someone cool to be your Jabon if you were Laris and vice versa. So right. that's not you just You wouldn't want to a... be a Laris without a Jabon. Mm-hmm. Or vice yeah. versa. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's so end the episode. We... Well, let's uh, uh, give them the specs. Thank you very much for listening to Inside Picard. Please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. You're in quarantine right now, motherfuckers. You have no reason not to go to iTunes and yeah. click five stars and, and like you write said, a, it's a little review. It doesn't take much from you, but it means a lot to us. So please go and do that. Uh, in addition to that, you can follow the show on Instagram at Warped the Podcast, on Twitter at Warped Trek. You can follow me on Twitter at Host Warped. You can follow Min to learn about our D&D and Call of Cthulhu podcasts and live streams at yeah. Wet Mainer. 
you can go to patreon.com slash warp to give us money, become a subscriber, and get access to bonus content and additional materials. That's right. I'm there done. Go. All right. Well, Bye, unless anybody has anything they'd like to add, <laughs> my name is Sean. My name is Matt. I'm Jake. And I'm Minwin. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.